Nobody puts baby in a corner. You talking to me? You talking to me? To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> this is God. Who told you I was hot today? Uh, excuse me, miss. Do you think it might be possible to turn that music down so maybe a couple of the boys could talk? Your hand is staining my window. You just put the law on my hands, and I'm going to break your heart with it. What kind of beer? Now that I've met you, would you object to never seeing me again? What? Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. Hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Movies for Life. My name's Brian Kuyper. And I am Michelle Egan. That was good. That was good. We were wondering how we were going to intro this. That was perfect. Yeah, well, this is something different than we normally would do. We normally do the pairings, but we've decided that we want to share, you know, our discoveries. But we're not, it's broader than just the annual discoveries. This is pandemic, (laughs) pandemic discoveries. So, and so, so we went ahead and went all the way back to the beginning of 2020 uh, up, up until and pretty until much now. now. Yeah. yeah. I have two on this list that I watched last weekend. That still counts. I, I was surprised. You know, I, I thought I had my list and then I watched these two movies and it was like, damn it, those have got to go on the list because they're amazing. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I feel you. I have one that I just talked about not too long ago in another episode that I had to put on the list. Whatever you're feeling, go with it. That sounds good to me. Okay. So one of the things with this is a few episodes ago, we did sort of a quick top five of 2020. Um, mm-hmm. So this is this is going to have probably, for me, I've got a couple of those on this as well, but I moved most of those out of this list. So this isn't necessarily a top 10 for either of us. These are ones that we just felt like uh, we most wanted to talk about of the movies that we that really struck us in in the past year and change here it's a 10 films because (laughs) 10 films because pure cinema podcast style yes the shout out to to our guys still love you guys and our lists are a little bit different too because you ranked yours and that gives me anxiety and i couldn't do that so mine are just in random order and the order of when i mention these doesn't mean anything yeah you know most of mine um to be honest like the bottom five or so are pretty interchangeable but the top five are like my favorite watches pretty much um of this time if i made this list again next week it would probably change probably yeah you know because it's it's hard to do this it's really really hard to make lists that's why i think calling it you know something more like 10 movies because is nice because i mean these are have to pick your absolute favorites it's just ones you want to mention yeah because some of the ones that would have been on the list are just like super classics that everybody right. loves that I that I saw for the first time and so I didn't really want to mention those. That was kind of the case for me too where I mean most of these are going to be things that people probably know or have heard of uh, right. in my case but um maybe not seen or maybe they haven't seen it in a while. This will give me right. a chance to revisit it. Yeah, and there are some from episodes that where we are going to I I 
moved some out because we were going to talk about them more in depth <laughs> in later episodes and things like that. Yeah. So the rhyme and reason to this is maybe different are... than a top 10. Yeah, these are just 10 random movies from us. Yeah, essentially that is the case. Though I gotta say my top few are my favorite recent watches. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what they are. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're gonna do the alternating thing where I'll go, you go, back and forth. Until we get to the okay. top, unless you want to go first. Well, maybe because my first one, I just want to reiterate this one again, because I just mentioned it on a, a recent episode that we did, so... Sounds good. Yeah, let's do let's it? do that. Okay. Let's have you... Okay, so you go first. We're breaking tradition, and you are going first. <laughs> That's right, we are. Uh-oh. That could mean bad things could happen. No, no. I don't... I'm not superstitious, personally, so I'm just slightly stitious. Slightly. Yeah. Yeah, this one I had mentioned as my recommendation on a recent episode. Now I forgot which one it is because we were recording ahead of time. But uh, it is Witness for the Prosecution from 1957. Just got to say that, again, that this was an amazing movie. It it really just made me so happy when I watched it because I just love the way it was done. Again, this is uh, Billy Wilder, whom we talked about that we love is coming up uh, next episode after this one drops and charles lofton elsa lanchester tyrone power marlene dietrich great cast obviously um but something that i didn't mention before that you would really like because you haven't seen this right i have not something i forgot to mention was that it has the diabolique thing at the end of this movie where it says don't tell anybody how the movie ends or any of the the twists or anything okay so that's got to be intriguing right because you want to know yeah, what's definitely. going on with this, yeah? I do. I put it on my watch list. I'm checking to see where I can find it to watch it. I, I don't think it was at my library, so I'm a little bugged by that. But I'm going to see. It's high on my list to watch because it sounds you really, gotta. really interesting. You got to. You would love it. Again, it's uh, Charles Lofton is this older barrister lawyer who is defending Tyrone Power, a guy who is accused of killing um, an older woman that he has become friends with, to, supposedly to get her money. And um, Marlene Dietrich plays his wife, who kind of throws something in the mix. Because the whole time you're watching the movie, Tyrone Power plays it really good that he's he's definitely didn't do it. And he has an alibi and you really believe him, but you're still not sure. And like all these different things come in and you don't know, you really don't know how it's going to turn out until right when those twists Twists. I say twists because there are multiple at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think you'll be able to figure them out until, like, right when they happen. I didn't. And that's what made me, like, super happy about this movie. I was like, because I just, I love that stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to check it out. It sounds right up my alley. The kind of thing I just love. I think it is. So, awesome. Okay, so my number... I suppose you can call it that, is um, I picked it because it just seems so prescient, I guess, to 2020. And that is Uh Medium Cool, directed by Haxel... Haskell Wexler, starring Robert Forster as a news reporter, TV news reporter. And what's amazing about this movie is this was actually shot at the riots at the 1968 Democratic National Convention. So it's got a guerrilla style to it. You know, and a a lot of what he was reporting on is, you know, like racial tensions and and violence and all these sorts of things that are going on. And it's just felt like this is the movie from this era that seems to 
just be applying to what we are experiencing during 2020, especially like in May, June there. Obviously now um, we're, we're still, as we're recording this, the, the Derek Chauvin trial is going on. So there's, there's so much about this movie that just seems so applicable to this year. And it's hard because, you know, it's, it's hard to watch a movie like this because, you know, it's not an entertainment, you know, <laughs> it's a tough movie mm. to watch. And what's amazing to me was there are things about this movie that was like, oh my gosh, this is so innovative and everything. And there's there's a moment in this where it's like, wow, clearly a better known movie than this. I'm not going to say which one. Basically ripped off the ending to this movie completely. Uh-huh. I mean, and it came out the following year. Okay, so um, <laughs> and and that's got me really curious now. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell this. you. I'll tell. I'll tell you off air, but because because I, I don't want to. No, that'll spoil tell the it. ending if I've seen that other one. Uh, okay, well maybe I don't know. I'm, I don't want to say because I don't want to <laughs> because it would be kind of a spoiler. But this ending was even more powerful than that one because of one shot that they do at the end after that. It completely blew me away. It was a lot of the movie didn't was is kind of meandering. It, it it's hard to really gauge exactly what's going on all the time, but the ending was so strong that it just stuck in me. And so that's why I wanted to bring it up. So and then Robert Forster is incredible. Oh yeah. Incredible in this movie. I've been hearing a lot about this movie lately because of Robert Forrester, I think. So, yeah, I'm definitely into checking that out. Definitely check it out because, I mean, and like I said, it's just very, very prescient to what we're experiencing now. I mean, obviously in 1968, there was not the pandemic happening or that sort of thing, but it was a lot of the, you know, racial tensions and, and political strife and, you know, all, all these things that were going on really hit home so it's it's right. a it's a powerful movie in a lot of respects so uh definitely highly recommend uh, medium cool cool ah, cool <laughs> dork about we're both being a little dorky today we this are gonna be fun. <laughs> but that's okay. okay so my next movie is uh totally different from the previous one um i watched for the first time josie and the pussycats <laughs> They were three small-town girls with big-time dreams. Who's a rock star? I am. Who wanted to share their music with the world. We can't sit around here waiting for it to happen. We are musicians. We should be out there playing music. We do play. Nobody believed in them. You know, you suck. (laughs) But they believed in themselves. We're special. Yeah, special, Ed. (laughs) Now... In a world of tough competition. And that is so sad. Fate is giving the Pussycats the chance of a lifetime. We'd love for you to sign with Mega Records. How am I going to pull this off? I'm a girl from Riverdale. I'm not a rock star. you got to believe in yourself. <laughs> I've never seen 2001. it. Oh my god. I friggin' adore this thing this was a movie that i had you know obviously heard people talking about it for years and years like there was a huge like fan base behind it but i wasn't so into seeing it because i thought it was a different mm-hmm. movie you know mm-hmm. i didn't realize um i didn't know what kind of movie it was i didn't realize that it was supposed to be like a satire uh-huh. Um, comedy of like the the music industry and there's another thing where if I had known that I probably would have watched it a lot sooner I'm just so glad I finally saw it because oh my god it just 
It killed me all the way through. It is smart as hell and it is so funny all the way through. Like, I think you would actually really like this. It sounds like I would. It sounds like I would. Because when you said satire about the music industry, I mean, you had me at satire about the music industry. Yeah. Oh, it's that thing of, like, finding, like, a hot new band and they're famous right away. And, like, it's like this um, indie rock band um, of all girls that they're discovered by this music guy who... uh, you find out has like a sinister intentions for both of them and for the listeners. It's, it's really interesting. It's like um, subliminal messaging comes mm-hmm, into it, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And it's just kind of funny when you watch the movie, there's like, there's advertising all over the place. <laughs> there's um, Tara Reed. Her character is just so funny. Like one of the hotel rooms that she's she has, it's like filled with McDonald's stuff. <laughs> okay. It's just so freaking funny. And Parker Posey is brilliant as always in the movie. I think you would love it. I think it was so, it caught me so off guard with how smart it was and just how, how funny it was and how like right on the money it was on some things. So I definitely recommend this if you haven't gotten to it. It's an instant favorite. That sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like a lot of fun. It is. <laughs> so I'll, we're both probably going to have plenty to add to our watch list <laughs> after this conversation here. Because that's exactly what we need is more movies I know. on our watch list. <laughs> so we don't have enough. I know. <laughs> I, I don't own enough movies that I haven't watched yet, you know. Right. Ugh. I don't have a whole shelf of stuff I just recently <laughs> bought. <laughs> well, there were like uh. four sales going on at the same time. I know. Weeks, you know. They get me every time, Brian. Every time. Uh, every time. I know. I know. Me too. Me too. Okay, so my next one is from 2016, directed by Daniel Scheinert and Daniel Kwan, starring Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano. So there's lots of Dan's involved in this movie. Swiss Army Man. I never watched that. There's really not anything quite like it. This is the farting body. That's the yeah, the farting corpse. Okay, okay, so that's what it's well known for. But it's it's not just that. Okay, so Paul Dano finds himself on a deserted island, like shipwrecked, you know, and there's a corpse, and it is Daniel Radcliffe. (laughs) Okay, and discovers that they kind of create this. He he sort of makes friends with this corpse you know it's it's hard to explain exactly what's going on in this movie to be honest but he helps him chop wood and survive and but there's also this companionship that's like recreating the world and how he met his girlfriend and all these things to try and get advice on how to get her back <laughs> So it's, um, and there's so much of this movie. What makes it interesting to me is it's hard to know what's real and what's not. What is, what is his imagination? What is like starvation? What is, is he even on a delirium? I mean, yeah. What is delirium? I mean, it's, it's really fascinating. The blurring of reality that happens in this movie. And I'm really into that sort of thing. you know, a big Wes Craven fan. And, and, you know, Wes Craven was a lot into, in sort of that middle period between his Nightmare movies, from Nightmare to Nightmare, did a lot of that reality-blurring stuff. And I like things, you know, I enjoy, I guess, Inception uh, is, is cool, and, and things like that. But this, is this to me, is, is just more interesting than, those, than some of those big budget kinds of ones. It's just a little movie with just a couple actors doing something really bizarre 
and it's yeah. an incredibly creative story told skillfully and it, it's moving and it's funny and it's really strange writing a farting corpse like a jet ski is is <laughs> is uh is amazing so i mean i'm it, into that yeah it, it's it, I, I love how weird it is you know and i love that daniel yeah. radcliffe did something this weird after harry potter you know oh, yeah that he took the cachet from his, you know, Elijah Wood and Robert Pattinson and and Kristen Stewart have all kind of done this. They've taken, you know, the cachet from their big franchises and done really interesting things. Oh yeah, and I, I love, love, that. love, love Daniel Radcliffe and Horns. Yeah, I haven't seen Horns yet. I want to read the oh. book because I, I'm a Horns big, is awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of of Joe Hill's stuff and um so i want to read the book first but uh, the movie is is always available it's so easy to find and i just haven't watched <laughs> it yet so i'm i'm looking forward to uh, checking that one out but yeah i i really was strangely touched and moved by swiss army man and i saw it you know kind of early in the in the pandemic and so maybe that had something to do with it too i don't know i don't know <laughs> all right I kind of like those super weird creative stories that have a different way of telling stories that you would get in, you know, in another movie where it's, they can be, they could be normal about it, but they choose to go this weird route and you still get the same feeling from it. I love it when they are able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool movie. I'm glad it, that was the one that was, I was thinking of switching out for another, for another <laughs> movie, but I'm like, no, I really liked that movie. I really, really liked that. So. No, I'm glad you did. I kind of needed a push because I've been wanting to watch that one because I love Daniel Radcliffe, mm-hmm. but I hadn't quite done it yet, so maybe I will now. Yeah, yeah I definitely recommend it. Okay, what you got next? Cool. Uh, next is the most recent movie. It's from last year, Underwater from 2020. Fucking loved this movie yeah. so much. I just... Uh, Okay, Kristen Stewart, like we were just talking about, is awesome mm-hmm. in this movie. And I love how it just, it starts with a bang and like, it doesn't let up. These guys working underwater, obviously. Mm-hmm. What is it? Some kind of mining? Yeah, it's something like that. Company? I, what it, I forgot what it was. I can't remember exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, it's, It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it's, it's like... Yeah, it just starts with her in the bathroom and like getting ready or whatever. And you kind of, you're expecting like those opening scenes of a movie like this mm-hmm. where you, you meet the crew and you get to know the crew and you kind of find out the initial like yeah. dynamics between the characters. Yeah, now, like, like Alien. It starts with... Yeah, it just starts with an explosion and boom, you're in survival mode. And I friggin' love that. Someone who said, you know, the first act of this movie is approximately two minutes long. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. then you go right <laughs> then you go right into the craziness. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I it's, loved about it. And yeah. like then you meet the characters as they're going along and like finding survivors as this the the place, the underwater facility that they're in is like gonna come down on them or they're gonna implode or whatever's yeah. gonna happen. And one thing that I really loved the most about watching this, though, was just the character interactions. Yeah. Was a lot different than what you usually get in movies like this. You know, usually, like, there's there's kind of, like, two types of people in survival situation movies. Where there's, like, the cool, calm one that comes up with ideas and gets everybody moving. And then there's the one that just is freaks out all the time and is no help. Right. right. But what I, I loved about this 
is that whenever that does happen, there's true, like, understanding and care from the other characters. Like, when someone has, like, an emotional break moment like that, it's not like, you know, calm down. You know, we got to get through this or whatever. They're like, no, no, no. I understand exactly what you're going. Like, this is a really traumatic thing that they're going through right now. And there's just real real care from the other characters for everybody in the group. And I just, I don't know. I kind of loved seeing that. It was really different. Yeah. I saw this in the theater and it was uh, like... That would have been uh, awesome. I'm so mad I didn't miss it in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I went on, I actually went on opening night uh, and <laughs> it was... It was just so much, because I mean, what I thought was really stupid, people would see the trailer and go, oh, it's just like an alien ripoff, you know, it's it's not an alien ripoff at all, for one thing. It's like, or I don't like Kristen Stewart. It's like, well, why? Why don't you like Kristen Stewart? Yeah, it's like because, because she's she was, awesomer than you. Because probably because she <laughs> because she was in Twilight. You don't like Twilight, you know? I mean, that's not a good enough reason for me. Yeah, you know. Because I think, like, Adventureland, she's terrific in Adventureland, yes. and uh, different things like that. She so, was awesome in the new Charlie's Angels. Yeah, which I haven't seen. Um, it's good. I, I like that. Admit, I, I gotta admit, you know, that I haven't seen the old Charlie's Angels. Uh, I haven't even seen the TV <laughs> show. Just It's just not something that, for whatever reason, has maybe run out to see it. But this movie was, man, and... It's such a ride. Some of the best, uh, like, creature reveals and stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, throughout the movie, yeah, there's all those little creatures that they meet. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my, that final reveal. The big boss is just, like, it's pretty intense. It's you pretty see what great. it is? Uh-huh. Mostly just, though, seeing what it is, I was like, ah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, <laughs> so that and, made, me, and, and, made me super giddy. Yeah, and part of it is like, well, wait, is that? It's like, it is. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> so, so it was just so much fun, and you know, I sitting there yeah. just. I got to write a review of this for Ghastly Grinning, and because I, I went to the movie, I went to the movies, and I immediately came home. I <laughs> hammered out that review because I mean, just the energy of it was just yeah, like it just exactly. just was there. It just comes out of you, and um, so it was so easy I to write. This, it, I loved to listen. I loved this. <laughs> yeah, it was like the easiest review I ever wrote. I swear, and you know, I had it sent in, be- and I had tweeted about it before. Uh, Ryan even knew that it was in his inbox because it was just so everything about it is so visceral, so exciting. Yeah. It's a it's a terrific movie, and it's one that that I I have I bought it on uh, the Blu-ray as soon as it came out, but I haven't watched I haven't watched it again yet. Yeah, I really is, want to watch it again. Yeah, I mean it's short. It's got a real punch to it. It's a fun movie just to put on and, and just have a good. Yeah, there was nothing really that I didn't like about this movie. You know, oh. it's, that's super rare. I was like, I that, when it was over, I was like, yeah, I love that. Everything about it. I'm into it. Absolutely. I didn't put it on, on my top list, but it was definitely on my top list of movies of 2020, for sure. Yeah. My next movie is is one that is not fun just to throw on and watch. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> bring it down, my, Brian. Yeah, way to bring it down. Um from well, my next one's not so fun either. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, you know, looking through the very few of these are a lot of fun. <laughs> now that I'm looking <laughs> at it, maybe it's just the kind of year it was, you know? Um, maybe. But uh, I chose from 1976, uh, Brian De Palma's Obsession. I struggle with De Palma. I have had a... How I've had a... I have had <laughs> I have had a strained relationship with Brian De Palma over the years. 
<laughs> I have come to realize how great he is more recently. Okay? Because, like, for a long time, I would watch it and just go, that's just recycling another Hitchcock plot. So often, that's all I would see. Okay? I saw that in Body Double, and I saw that in Dress to Kill, and I saw that in just a lot of them. Okay? But then I saw Blowout, and I was like, uh... Oh, and even before that, I loved Carrie. I thought Carrie was fantastic. I've always loved Carrie. Okay. Carrie's my favorite. Yeah, Carrie. Carrie's a masterpiece of, of what it is, you know. This is Vertigo. Obsession is Vertigo. I get it. But it's really damn good. And it's co-written by Paul Schrader. And Schrader and De Palma set out to make their version of Vertigo, essentially. And there's a lot of it that sort of pairs nicely with something like Don't Look Now, because, I mean, there's the Italian countryside element, or the Italian city element, churches and those sorts of things uh, as well. But it's a really, really dark story. It's kind of uncomfortable, <laughs> but it's it's really, really good. And I uh, just had my reaction to it was really strong. So it has become actually my favorite diploma. I've only seen it once, but just on that first watch it was like okay this is this is my favorite diploma that i've seen this so i actually one that i haven't seen and i love diploma honestly now that i kind of get it i'm gonna go back and revisit some of those movies that i wrote off a little bit like dress to kill body double is awesome and body double you know body double i watched it was like oh that's the shot that's that's straight from uh, slumber party massacre you know that's straight from rear window that's straight from vertigo and i would just get caught up in those things you know yeah part of it i mean he's using those things as tools to evoke something in you that makes you think about those other movies but also it's like what am what is he doing differently with them too yeah you know um so i'm i'm coming around on the poem okay because, I mean, I, I always felt like, oh, man, he just kind of lacked originality to me. And oh. and that was my feeling. And that was that was not correct. That That's not <laughs> right. That's not what that's not what he's doing. And so I've done some soul searching and I'm reassessing De Palma and um, Obsession is one of those movies that has helped me with that reassessment. You know, as dark oh. and disturbing as it is. That actually makes me want to watch it more, because I'm yeah. so into dark and disturbing stuff in a way. Yeah, you know, and, and there's there's <laughs> thing, there's things in it that, that are, are really uncomfortable. That just makes me want to watch it more. <laughs> I don't want to give it away, because it's part of the twist. Of, ah, um, okay. what's, what's so disturbing is part of the twist. Fascinating movie. One of uh, this and Taxi Driver were Bernard Herrmann's last scores. Ah. Um, nice. And so, yeah, so that was definitely a thing I was into because I, I love Bernard. Of course. What you got next? Next up for me, I picked a Sam Fuller movie, The Naked Kiss, Ooh. 1964. I watched this one for the first time in 2019, so I, I, uh, I would have made the it would have made the list otherwise because it's a great movie. Yeah, this is the one that I watched. Kind of early on, so I'm, I honestly, I don't remember it super well, but it's starting to come back to me now. From the opening scene, I knew I was going to love this movie. You know, with Constance Towers, she's like beating the shit out of that guy in her 
wig comes off and the way that it's shot is so like incredible the the way it just puts you in the moment and it's like very very confronting and and dark kind of like like sam fuller is and the way the rest of the movie as you realize kind of ends up being pretty dark and disturbing too um with the the kind of subject subject matter that it tackles and so it's constance towers she's um, a sex worker who leaves her pimp and like moves to a small town and like tries to make a new life for herself and um she gets involved with the first she gets involved with like the police captain guy right and then his brother and then she finds out that he's you know she kind of it's kind of a thing where you find out that small town is not as perfect as it seems like on the outside it's really got a dark stuff going on underneath and I was really surprised at that. The way that it's handled, I think, is really well. And it's just really, it gets, it gets you. It gets under your skin. And there's, I remember uh, there's a song that the kids sing in this movie that really is, it's like kind of sweet, but also mm-hmm. it's really disturbing mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. I was just really like floral, floored by this movie. I thought it was great. And I need to watch yeah. this one again. Me too. Me too. It's one I feel like, you know, it's, it, I'm trying to recount the plot, but it's hard to recount the plot, you know, that sort of thing. Those are, those are some of the things about a movie like this. It's, yeah. it's really, a lot of it is a, is a, a sense of it, a feeling of it that, mm-hmm. that it evokes. Really great movie. And Samuel Fuller made so many really. I'm, um, I'm still getting caught up on his stuff. I think I've only me seen. Me too. I've only seen a and few. Shot Corridor. Okay. And I can't Have think of anything seen... else I've seen. Yeah, his, I love like his, a couple of war films he did. The Steel Helmet is excellent. The Big Red One, which is a late film, is incredible. One of my favorites. Nope. Um, uh, Pick Up on South Street. <laughs> Yo, yes, um, I've seen that. I, okay. I think you, yeah, I was going to say, I think you'd like that one if you haven't seen it. I like that one a lot. Yeah, and Criterion just announced that they're re releasing that one on Blu ray. Uh, so that's cool. Sweet. That's right. Yeah, so that's, that's exciting because it's a great film. So many Samuel Fuller films are. He did a movie with Vincent Price, uh, Barrett of Arizona. <laughs> it's not a horror film. It's he's like a cattle, he's a, like a ranch uh, yeah. head, you know, like powerful, rich rancher <laughs> in that movie. That's so, a great combination, though, Vincent yeah. Price and Sam Fuller. I'm into that. <laughs> well, uh, Vincent Price is an interesting and and diverse actor, you know. Really. <laughs> totally. You know, he, he's so remembered for his horror stuff, but uh, he did a lot of great noir and. Uh, different things like that too. So, but that's that's a little off the subject. But yes, yeah. but uh, the Naked Kiss, I actually uh, just bought the Criterion uh, the last time they had that little flash sale thing. I grabbed yeah. it um, just so I could watch it again. But um, yeah, definitely recommend this one. Like again, like I said, like kind of dark and disturbing. Yeah. But it's really. And it's kind of surprising too to see stuff like that, like within the at the time period that it was made, and just the way that it's handled, really cool, really good. Constant Towers is like, phew, she's amazing in the main and the main role. Next up for you. Okay, so next I have from 1945, directed by the great Fritz Lang, Scarlet Street, starring Edward G. Robinson and Joan Bennett. I find the painter even more fascinating than her painting. What's she like? Mona Lisa without a smile. Something hidden. Sometimes it seems as if she were two people. Maybe it's like falling in love, I guess. You know, first you see someone and, and it keeps growing and 
that you can't think of anyone else. That's interesting. Well, the way I look at things, that's all art is. Every painting, if it's any good, is a love affair. I never heard anyone talk like that before. Oh, well, uh, there aren't many people you can talk to this way. So you keep it to yourself. You walk around with everything bottled up. Yeah, that's right. That's the way it is with me, too. Um, it's about this guy. He's a, he's a cashier. Uh, it's sort of his day job. He's also a painter. So his name is, in the movie is Chris Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Edward G. Robinson's name is Christopher Cross. Okay. And he falls in love with this woman who is not interested in him at all, but plays along with it. And uh, so while she and her boyfriend are plotting, you know, he's painting these these paintings and she's able to sell them for him, you know, and and they and make money for her and, and her and her boyfriend. And it's a remake actually of a, a film called La Chienne, <laughs> aka the bitch. <laughs> um, so it's yeah <laughs> something about this movie, you know, just really hit hard. Because what his obsession with this woman ends up doing to him is really, really powerful, really dark. Um, again, another dark kind of <laughs> movie. You know, it's 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 classic film noir. You know, you have the femme fatale and the, all this sort of thing going on. And with with Fritz Lang, you're simply in the hands of a master. He was um, such a skilled filmmaker and. Edward G. Robinson, in this movie, he's, in so many movies, he's sort of like the, the gangster and, you know, the kind of guy that is a little bit seedy and you don't really <laughs> empathize with, but you, you kind of, you, you really feel for this guy in this movie, but you kind of like, you're being stupid, dude. <laughs> I mean, come on, wake up. Um, but it's, it's really powerful, really good. I just bought the Blu-ray, I think uh, uh, KL, I think. And so uh, it's one that I'm planning on re-watching really soon because it is so good and so well done. Yeah, highly recommended uh, Scarlet Street. Again, sounds like something. I'd be, we are adding more movies yeah. to the watch list because that sounds yeah. like something I'd be into as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you'd like it. It's, it's It's good. It's good. And, you know, in all honesty, that might be one. I don't know how we'd fit it in, but, you know, some sort of noir episode or something. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many oh, great noirs. How do you pick? We didn't you know. think of noirs, did we? Ah, yeah. We might have to do a noir a noir bembo. Noir bembo? <laughs> what? Noir vember. Noir vember <laughs> episode. Yeah. Might have to do that. Yeah, I think we might. All right, okay, what do you got? Um. Uh, my next one is from 1993. Uh, it says Peter Weir's Fearless. Ooh, I love Peter Weir. Have you ever Weir. seen that? Yeah. I haven't. I have not. Uh, so this is uh, Jeff Bridges, main character, as uh, a guy who survives a plane crash. Oh, for one thing, such a great plane crash sequence. Just the way that it was shot. I gotta watch it again just to remember. But I just remember being like, it just really gets you like in the moment of it you're it's really intense plane crash sequence and it's just kind of him afterwards trying and he's like the only survivor of it or one of the few survivors and it's just him afterwards like trying to 
to deal with it, you know? He's got, it's a near-death experience thing, survivor's guilt, and just, like, all the different, um, the way he kind of changes, you know, he notices there's, like, some conflicting stuff with his family, like, the way he's acting, and he's getting close to... Um, some of the other survivors, there's a support group, I think, that they're all involved in. And that's where he kind of gets more close to Rosie Perez. Her characters, another moment she had, like, a baby on the flight. So um, there's a great scene of him, like, helping her deal with... Because she lost her baby, you know, on this flight. And that's yeah. obviously, it's, like, super traumatic. And mm-hmm. she blames herself. And so there's just a great scene of him helping her just come to terms with that in a way. And it's just one of those movies where it's like such a beautiful movie, you know, Mm. reaffirming type of thing about, about life basically. And it's like, again, like kind of intense, sad stuff, but doesn't really leave you with that feeling at the end. I think you feel really good at the end and it's amazing movie. Amazing. I love Peter Weir. Every movie I've seen of his, and I haven't seen them all, but every one that I have seen, I've really liked. At least really liked, if not absolutely adored. So, um, yeah, I'm, that's definitely one I'm adding. Yeah, I just picked this up. It's on uh, Warner Archive. They put it out, so I picked oh, it up during their sale. So I really want to watch this one again, because this is another one that I watched, Kind of, I think I watched it in like February 2020, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't super remember it. But yeah, like you yeah. said, like I kind of remember the feeling that I got from it, and that's why. I had to I had to include it here because I, I immediately this is one that I immediately gave five stars you know and I was like yes yeah. that's perfect I loved it even though if I can't really articulate very well now why there are very few movies that I give five stars to immediately mm-hmm. usually on first watch even if I really love it I'll give it four and a half because you know, at most, you know, that's, that's almost my five star rating, you know, in some ways. So if I give something five stars on immediate watch, then it really hit me. So far on this list, only one got the five star on the first viewing and it was Swiss army man. (laughs) So um, in all honesty, I kind of thinking back on it, I have to watch it again. I might give it four and a half now. I think I gave five stars to all of these movies. Oh, man. I, Definitely I to Witness have... for the Prosecution. Definitely gave five stars to Underwater. I'm not as stingy with my five stars as other people are. I'm, I'm pretty stingy, <laughs> though my, my top four, the top four that I have in here, were all first-time watch five-star movies. For, and that's pretty rare. So, the next one... I think one, I know what one of them is. You might. My uh, next one is the first movie I watched in 2021, and... The last movie I watched in 2020 is also on this list. Okay. So from 1973, The 7-Ups. Ah, it's another one I gotta watch. Yeah, it's it's so good. I mean, it's sort of a spiritual sequel to like The French Connection and uh, starring Roy Scheider in, you know, 70s Roy Scheider is amazing. (laughs) To me, 70s Roy Scheider is the greatest movie star. You know, in a lot of ways. <laughs> you know, he's just he's but he's an he's an actor, you know. I mean he's he's an every man and I love that about him. Yeah, I've been catching up on a lot of Roy Scheider stuff, like, because for the longest time, I only knew him, you know, from Jaws. From Jaws, yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, and I just never went back and, like, saw any of those other stuff, but mm-hmm. as I have been, like, over the years, I'm like, fuck yeah, Roy Scheider was awesome. I, I mean, all that jazz was a huge yes, revelation oh my God. to me. That movie... So good. Blew me away. And the thing, that movie was was so powerful to me that I've never been able to rewatch it. 
mm. because it's just so strong. And I, I want to watch it again, but I'm almost afraid to because that feeling yeah. is so profound. You know? I had hard. the same feeling for that. Yeah, I understand. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> good. I, I'm good. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm not I'm not the only one that feels that way about some movies. Because I mean oh, yeah. I, I, I rewatched the descent this year, or in twenty twenty I should say, for the first time in ten years because my first experience with it was so strong that I, I, I was like afraid to rewatch it because I was afraid to be disappointed by it. Well, that one I happened to rewatch it, and it did not disappoint, <laughs> because that movie's awesome. I have one movie like that, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got several, is, is my problem. I, I, I And the farther I get away <laughs> from them, the harder it is to watch them again. Um, but anyway, back to the 7-Ups. Uh, this, is, this is a terrific movie. So, for so long, because this is the same group of producers that did Bullet and The French Connection, and every time they... The, those three, those two movies are so well known for their car chases. Seven Ups beats them both. Oh, the the okay. the car the car chase in the Seven Ups is I can't think of one that tops it until maybe Ronin. Ronin, fuck yeah. Maybe Death Proof. It's that good. And you know I'm not like into car chases necessarily, but this one it's breathtaking. And the way it ends is just. It's, it's like you think your heart is going to leap out through your chest. I mean, it is uh, incredible. That's the sort of thing that I think it's the, it's the action centerpiece of the movie, but I mean, that's what mm-hmm. I think people will remember the most. But the whole thing is just structured so well. It's just a great film. It's a lot of fun. It's a great cop movie. Like I said, it sort of feels like a spiritual sequel to The French Connection, where you're following Roy Scheider's character. I know there's a, an official... French Connection 2 yeah. that follows Popeye Doyle. Uh, I, I own that movie. I haven't seen it yet. I, I'm wanting to. But The 7-Ups is sort of like, okay, we're following Roy Scheider's character. Highly recommend The 7-Ups. Uh, it's one that I'm excited to watch again. and We'll probably revisit a lot. It's really excellent. That's making me excited to see it now. I want to go and like watch some of these right away now. <laughs> yeah, so it's if you're in the mood for a great, you know, sort of police action movie, uh, you can do a lot worse <laughs> than the seven. <laughs> so it's really good. It's really good. All right, cool. So that's all I. You know, some of these it's like I don't have a lot to say about them. I know, me just, too. Besides, just go just see them. Go watch it. Yeah. Uh, my next one. Come back to the five and dime. Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean. <sighs> From this is 1982. On the top of my to-watch um, pile. I have it in my yes. house to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you have got to. Again, like doing a lot of catch-up on all these actors and directors that I've been wanting to check out more of their stuff. And Altman has been a big one for me yeah. recently. This is fantastic. So um, this has got a great cast as well. Um, kind of the main people you would know share Kathy Bates, Karen Black. They're um, a group of women. They're It's kind of a thing like um, in our previous episode. It's like a single location thing. So I was super excited when I found out that's what it was. So it all takes place in this uh, diner where um, a group of women who... It could, <laughs> the structure of it is really weird. It's all in one location, but it jumps back and forth in time as well they're having like a reunion in present day like they had this like james dean fan club and they were all they're all friends like uh back in the day and they're they're meeting back up um, at the same diner where they used to hang out and where like all their stuff is and it's just it brings up a lot of you know it's one of those things where it's like people coming together and like stuff from the past resurfaces that they need to deal with um and that co- 
comes in the Karen Black character, mm-hmm. which um, I don't want to say what that is, but it's a kind of a touchy thing. But I am really impressed with, again, like handling this kind of subject matter uh, mm-hmm. really well and with a lot of respect. So that's just something to look out for. And the directing is is excellent. The way that like he there's like a mirror mirrored wall in the diner. And he uses that a lot as a way to like transition between the time like they'll see like it'll be in present time, but then they'll see like a character like you that you know is like from the past time in the mm-hmm. mirror and it kind of it transit it's really interesting the way he does it and i think you would adore this it's just it's so brilliant and the acting is top notch and it's it's that thing again of the the one location where it gets you so into the story and you're just so invested in all of these people mm-hmm. because you're you're stuck with them the whole time but you you love them and you want to know yeah. their story and the way that they interact with each other there's like some of it kind of antagonistic and some of it's like really sweet and it's just they got stuff to work out and it's just a really great character piece. Doesn't that have Mark Patton in it from Nightmare on Elm Street 2? Does it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it did. Oh he might be the... I, I know he was in the uh, he was in the show I, I thought he was taking it uh, was in the movie as well. Yes he does okay I was just wondering <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't recognize him yeah okay it was him <laughs> awesome. You you would love this. I know. And the thing is, as soon as you posted your library hall for that week and, and uh, come back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean was on there, I immediately went to my library website and put it on hold. So I so it's there. It's it's I have it in my house on the top of my to watch pile of movies that I just haven't had a chance to get to yet. But I am so looking forward to it. I adore Robert Altman. Oh, yeah. Shortcuts, one of my favorite movies. There's so many. Wait for a night when you can just turn off everything else and just, like, focus on the movie, you know? Because yeah. it's really going to suck you in. I've got my spring break coming up, and I, I think I'm kind of saving it for then. There you go. Perfect. Where, where I'm going to watch a lot of movies on my spring break is, is the plan. <laughs> Watch a lot of movies, do a lot of writing. Sounds perfect. Okay, so my next one is uh, from 1983, directed by Bill Forsythe. I just watched it for the first time this last weekend. It's called Local Hero. Okay. And it's Don't know this. about... Yeah, it's, it's about this guy from who works at an American oil company. In, I think it's the Houston area. And he's sent to Scotland, this little town in Scotland, where they're going to put up a refinery. And he's... Sent there because he's got Scottish lineage. And he goes there, and it's just, it's so much of it is about just the people of this town. Okay? It's, they have this whole sort of scheme where they're kind of be like, all right, if we get this guy in our good graces, we're basically going to take him for everything he has while he's here. <laughs> and all this sort of thing, you know? Um, but it ends up being because having this oil refinery here would be this huge boon to this little town, bring them lots of wealth and all these sorts of things. But there are obviously hitches and hiccups along the way. It's it's a story that is really, really about the characters, though. It's less about plot. I mean, it's very Altman-esque in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about their behaviors. It's about... Uh, Peter Capaldi, who went on to play Doctor Who, you'd you'd probably recognize him if you don't recognize the name. Okay, <laughs> you you would recognize who he is. Uh, is so wonderful as this guy. <laughs> they, they're driving to the town. They accidentally hit a rabbit, and they 
take this rabbit and they sort of nurse him back to health and all these oh. things. And it's sort of, it's, it's sort of this, um, you know, and he starts this relationship with this this woman who loves to swim and he hates the water. And I, it, but then you have this other relationship with this guy who lives on a up, upside down boat on the beach. You know, and he's lived there for. <laughs> Forever and uh, Burt Lancaster is sort of the head of this oil company. And at first, you're like, why is he in this movie? <laughs> you know, to be honest, <laughs> but but it all kind of ties in. It all works together. All the loose. It's it's kind of it's kind of Altman esque. It's kind of Fellini esque, and it seems like it's sort of haphazard, and that it all kind of comes together, you know, in some way at the end. But most of the mostly, it's just about the feeling of it all you know you have this couple that owns a hotel that are always like they're doing something that they're just dropping everything and having sex (laughs) all the time and you know it's so funny it's it's and it's sweet it's a sweet movie in a lot of ways and it's just charming and at first i was like i I don't know if i'm going to be into this but then it has all these weird quirks, you know, like this one phone in the town is is in this red phone booth at the end of this pier, and that's it, you know, <laughs> and all, all these sorts of things. And it's so strange and has all these different quirks to it, but it's so moving by the end. It's so sweet. It's so everything. I was just completely taken in and charmed by it. And again, it's one of those movies It's kind of hard to explain. You just got to see it. Right. You know, okay. and just experience that. it. And, you know, after watching this, there was a scene in it. I went back and I watched the movie once the next day because there was something about the feeling of the of the scene with the music and stuff that was like made me think of that movie. And just a wonderful comfort of it all. I've seen one other uh, Bill Forsyth movie, um, Housekeeping. And again, it's so sort of that quirky, odd, off-kilter kind of thing. It's a very British film. Um, <laughs> I love this. Lovely, wonderful movie. And I, it's again, it's it's just impossible for me to explain this movie, and I'm not going to try anymore. Um, so, just, <laughs> no, that's perfect. It's it's that wonderful. makes me want to see it though. Just oh. wonderful, and um, a movie that just instantly just sort of found its way into my soul a little bit. You know, it's just a neat little wonderful movie. What was that again called? Local Hero. Local Hero. I'll have to remember that one. Okay, um, on my next one, we're going to do a comedy. This is the one I switched out right at the last minute because I freaking loved it. This is from 1976, Murder by Death. Two minutes to midnight. Gunshots, monsieur. Gunshots, pop. Gunshots, Sam. Gunshots, Dickie. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. That can only mean one thing. And I don't know what it is. It means, are these five monumental minds any match for murder by death? Eileen Brennan, Truman Capote, James Coco, Peter Falk, Alec Guinness, Elsa Lanchester. The murderer is... David Niven. Peter Sellers, Maggie Smith, Nancy Walker, Estelle Winwood, and Myron. Who is the one who done it in the number one who done it? Neil Simon's new comedy, Murder by Death. Oh yes, you told <laughs> me about this one, Peter Falk, right? 
Yes. So this yeah. is directed by Robert Moore, written by Neil Simon. So mm-hmm. right there, you know, it's going to be freaking gold. And it absolutely is. It's very like Clue-esque. Yes. Obviously with the, the plot, but really, really different and really just goes in places that you will never see and you, you don't expect. And it's absolutely hilarious. So like I said, it's kind of Clue. It's, um, it's five. Uh, different detectives from like all over the world are invited to this mansion for like a basically a dinner and a murder mystery game and what they have to do is like their host challenges them because he says he's the greatest detective in the world and you know he's invited all these other like different kinds of detectives like peter falk is among them and he says that he challenges them to solve a murder that's going to happen in the house at midnight and whoever solves it gets a million dollars and that he completely seals off the house. It, that's another thing that's like just kind of quirky. He totally seals off the house so they can't get out. And it's them. <laughs> I could like another one that I can't really explain without like giving anything away. It's just it's just so freaking funny, and it 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 does things that you're not gonna see coming at all. You're not gonna expect uh-huh. it. It's just it's totally like off kilter comedy. And by the end, you're just like. I have no idea how we ended up here, but I love it and I enjoyed every minute of it. it you'll love this. Absolutely. Anybody who sees this will love this. I just bought this one too, so I've got to watch this one again. <laughs> yeah, that sounds it like just a It just blast. killed me. It sounds killed like so much me the, the whole way through. Um, so this is, like I said, uh, Peter Falk is probably my favorite, but also like Maggie Smith and Eileen Brennan. Mm. Truman Capote is in this movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Elsa Lanchester is back. Uh, so it's fantastic cast and they're all just running on just hilarity and the characters are also different and they just, they're also like over the top and in like the best way. I love it. I loved every second of this movie. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And you know, so one, much of my, one of my honorable mentions is uh, Knives Out. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, so, which is one of the last movies I saw in the theater um, before things shut down. Sounds like it would make a make a nice little pair, mm-hmm. you know, with a movie like this. It sounds like a lot of fun. Totally. But, totally is. So the next one, this was in, mentioned in my earlier list, and that's from 1973, directed by Lindsay Anderson, Oh Lucky Man, starring Malcolm McDowell. It's the middle installment of the loose, you know, Mick Travis trilogy, where the first one is If, which is an interesting movie, though it's a, it's a dark, 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 dark movie. Uh, dark comedy, I suppose. And then the, Ooh, see, I love that. Yeah, the <laughs> third one then is uh, Britannia Hospital, which I think is, is the weakest one, uh, though the ending of, of Britannia Hospital, it absolutely blew my mind. It was incredible. Uh, but it just meandered a bit more than it needed to getting there. But A Lucky Man is about perfect. It's it's very funny. It's like the ultra-dark version of Forrest Gump, I guess you could say. <laughs> this this guy sort of sort of starts out, he starts out getting a job selling coffee. <laughs> and, then, and then it's just like he haphazardly winds up in all these different places and misadventures through just dumb luck or misfortune, one of the two. I mean, and that's why, you know, why it's called Oh Lucky Man, and you're watching this. How is this guy lucky? Um, An ironic title. (laughs) It is an ironic title, um, but I tell you what, by the end, I mean, it's a long, it's, um, yeah, it's it's three hours long. Good God. But it never drags. I mean, it's a partially sort of a weird musical 
all these different things. And it is, again, it's kind of impossible to describe, but honestly, I think this is the best performance from Malcolm McDowell that I've ever seen, including A Clockwork Orange. It's fantastic. He's so good. And honestly, you know, Malcolm McDowell is well known, but based on this movie, it's like this guy should have been a massive, massive movie star and just been working constantly and been in everything. Because what year is this from again? 1973. So ah, this was this two was years. Like... Yeah, this is just after Clockwork Orange. I mean, he yeah, had... Yeah, it was like peak was... Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> yeah, it was a one-two punch. You know, you have Clockwork and then Oh Lucky Man. Um, I mean, Kubrick obviously is the auteur. He's the one that everyone remembers. But Lindsay Anderson is an incredible filmmaker. And I haven't seen a lot of his movies. I've really only seen the three with If, This, and, and uh, Britannia Hospital. Unfortunately, this one is like impossible to find states yeah it was on i was like it was on criterion channel it was early in, it was somewhere in the pandemic i had time i watched it and was just like instant five stars pop i, I don't it's a movie that's hard to talk about because you don't want to give it away but also it's right. sort of it's just one that just needs to be there's not a lot to give away it's not like a spoilery kind of thing it's just you deserve to go along for the ride without being sure. told what's coming up you know and it's, it's definitely for me it is by far the best of those of that trilogy and if it's fantastic but i know um, my library has if and i almost yeah. rented it one time and i didn't i'll have to go back and get it i find i've seen if twice and i find it kind of hard to like it's 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 not very fun it's hard to enjoy that movie in a lot of ways i mean it's it's really satirical it's a bitter movie which is fine in a lot of ways but <laughs> yeah. but a lucky man is 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 satirical too but in a way that's sort of fun to go along with the ride it's a lot of it a lot of why we like a movie is a gut feeling you know some right. sort of it touches you in some sort of ethereal way that you can't always put your finger on I can't relate to this guy's character in this movie. You can't say in like one sentence like why you love no. this movie. Just just to recommend it is enough, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's some... If it's on your yeah. list, that means it meant something, and other people need to see it too. Yeah, I get Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, if you are able to track down this movie, and I tell you what, the instant this gets announced on Blu-ray in the States or becomes available, this if it's available in Great Britain, this is a reason for me to get a region-free region Blu-ray player because... It is a remarkable movie, and it's one that I, even with its length, I would watch over and over um, because it's fantastic. Where's that? It's on Netflix DVD. Okay, reserve it. Put it in Boom. your queue. It's on there. Put it in your queue. If you if you don't like that movie, then um, you know you can you can yell at me, but I I think <laughs> you would like it. I think you would love it. I really do. It's unless it's a guy thing. I don't that know. Picture of him. He's so cute. Though. Oh, isn't that a wonder? I love that picture. The hat, the white hat. And the, yeah, it's he's so Malcolm McDowell to me when he's young. He really looks like a different person than when he's he older. I did. He he looks. It's almost almost unrecognizable as the yeah. same person. I mean, even his voice changed and all sorts of. Oh things. yeah. So I mean, it's it's just a. Seeing him in, in sort of that uh, early 70s hero when he was still starting out, it's he's just a different actor. and yeah. uh, But he's he's astonishingly good in in both Clockwork Orange and, and If and, and Electric. And he's good in uh, Britannia Hospital. He's just not in it very much. You know, that's part of the problem with that movie, I think. 
What you got next? Okay, now we're getting into the territory where we might have some crossover, but I'm not for sure. I'm going to say my next one would be from 1981, Richard Franklin, Road Games. That was not on my list because yes. I saw it a couple of years ago. I thought you said I you saw, saw it for I, the first time last year. No, no, no. I bought it for the oh, first time this year. Dang it. Good. Yeah, okay, I, I, I saw it, you know, maybe three or four years ago for the first time. Ah, yeah. Well, then perfect. So, yeah, this great um, choice. The last few years, again, have been catching up on actors that I I need Uh to see more of their stuff. I've really been falling in love with uh, Mr. Stacey Keach. Stacey. Stacey's kind of my man. I kind of love him and everything about him. And this is probably my favorite Stacey. I've seen so far. I love him the way he plays the character in this movie. This this or Fat City. I don't know. That's a tough oh, choice. That's a tough choice. That's a tough choice. That's I love a, him in oh, Fat City. Man. Fat City. I think I saw for the first time this year, and that is or in 2020, I should say. 2020, um, 2019, I did too. Yeah. Yeah. So he's yeah. really great, and he's so good in this um, as a. Patrick Quid, he's like a truck driver, and a, a lot of the movie, he's like talking to himself and his little pet dingo, which I love those little moments where it's just him and the dingo. And this is another one I don't really know like how to describe it. It's like so involved. It's like a road movie, and there's a serial killer guy that he keeps kind of running across. It's just like a guy in a green van is all yeah. you really see is in. There was a part at the beginning where you get like a little glimpse of him, like when he's in the motel room with that woman and like strangles her. And that's kind of like right. all you really get with yeah. the killer that I remember. But yeah, and there's another, um, he keeps passing by a hitchhiker on the road that he doesn't pick up because it's kind of against the rules for him to pick up hitchhikers. But you don't see her, which is super interesting. You don't see her face. All those times that he passes her until he finally, like, picks her up, right? And it's Jamie Lee Curtis, um, who he calls Hitch for the rest of the movie, which I love. <laughs> and that's the reason why I saw this one, was because I was uh, was Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah? Because I was trying to trying to catch up on... <laughs> I, it was one of those things probably where it's like, okay, I haven't seen Terror Train, I haven't seen The Fog, I, you know, a couple of those movies, so I worked my way in there and then this movie was sort of attached to that so but like when you go into amazon or whatever yeah falls down the list it's like you fall down the rabbit hole until you get to whatever and so that's how i saw this uh for the first time and man jamie lee curtis this might be with this is one of my favorite roles for her i think think she's she's really cool she's so cool in this movie yeah and so they're kind of they both are kind of interested in figuring out like who this serial killer is guy in the road and it's like i said it's hard to go go through the plot but it's just it's really cool like kind of mm-hmm. cat and mouse thing there's a there's a part where uh she gets taken um by him that's such a great scene and then um, he's in the bathroom and like she's kind of inspecting him in the car and it's like you don't know like where the the bad guy is gonna pop up basically so that was really good and then like the the final kind of like chase when he's like he's chasing him and that that in his truck and the truck gets like yeah. stuck uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. there's the whole big sequence at the end uh, it's just it's such a fun road movie um australian uh road movie for one thing you know obviously he has a dingo so um australian stuff is always interesting just 
especially if it's a road movie because of it's just you're alone out there basically or you get that feeling of being alone and so when it's a character like going up against a serial killer you like it's they're kind of all they have you know like there's not many people around to help out and so it just yeah. the, the vastness of that of that area where they are is just it really kind of ups the tension of, of the movie of them going up against this guy so yeah i, I love this movie Another one I got to watch again, obviously, because now I'm forgetting, like, specifics of it. But I just remember really loving it. Loving the way that it was structured and the way that it just went, like, boom, boom, boom to the next one thing to the next. And, obviously, I love Stacey Keach, so (laughs) I wouldn't mind watching him again. Yeah, I just picked it up in, uh, I think, one of the Screen Factory sales. Or it might have been on a a good, like, a good price through Screen Factory. So I... um, so I picked it up, and it's one that I need to rewatch because it has yeah. been a while now that I think of it. It may even be you know like five or six years since I saw it for the first time. I remember really enjoying it though. That's so fun. To me, there was a little bit of a dual vibe to it. Yes. Not like you know, not not in the same way exactly because I mean, obviously you're in the truck. The way it can't seem to get away from this guy, even though it's on like uh-huh. this big expansive road kind of keep running into this guy one over and over again yeah you just feel kind of stalked by him even though he's not really directly going after him he's like killing women or i don't know <laughs> but yeah i get it super cool movie super cool so my next movie i know is on your list and it's a little bit of a cheat yes but we agreed <laughs> we agreed that we this were... cheat was okay for both of us because we both wanted to yeah. cheat the same way pretty much <laughs> yeah my number three is the Before Trilogy. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, so we can kind of talk I, about it at the same time, because, yeah, the, the, tri- yeah, the let's whole talk trilogy about it at the same time. is on my list. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, technically three movies here, but, wow. <laughs> I, I just can't... It's hard to explain it's falling another, in love like, with Jesse and Celine, you know? It's another, like, kind of feeling movie. Yeah. It really is. All three of them. And, you know, I had had... I, I picked up Before Sunrise and Before Sunset from, you know, like a, like a used video store and they happened to have both of them this was before mid before before midnight came out <laughs> and <laughs> i i grabbed i just grabbed them both they were like four bucks for both of them they were super oh. cheap yeah. um so i i finally sat down one day and said, you know i, I finally got to just watch these movies and so i put on before sunrise and i was like so enthralled with this movie mm-hmm. and part of me is like why I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just a couple of, I remember when before, when before sunset came out and all these critics were talking about how excited they were about seeing before sunset. It was just basically going to be Ethan Hawke and Julie Delphi talking for 90 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) okay, okay. (laughs) You know? And so, but then, but then I, I, I saw the first one. It's just like, oh my God, this is, I, I cannot wait to know what happens exactly from here <laughs> you know this is one of those movies where you know you I, I wish that in 1994 i had gone and seen seen the first movie not knowing then you that would have was, had <laughs> not knowing that it was continuing because because i watched these success in succession yeah this was before work so between my workout and before going to work i watched the first one Next day, I watched the second one. I, I then the next one I had to wait an extra day for it to come to my library, 
come into the library because uh, I didn't own it. And so uh, so I got the Oh, no, after I watched the second one, yeah. like, I had to watch the next one, like, right afterwards. Yeah. It's like, no, You what? watched it you right it away. <laughs> yeah, so I watched it a couple of days apart. Um, oh, I couldn't have done that. <laughs> I had yeah, to right and, then how, that, how it went on. It was, it, the, that, honestly, you know, I can't imagine waiting, you know, the seven years or whatever it was between these to come out. It was ten years between the first two and then... Was it 2004 and then 2013 was before midnight? Oh wow, I didn't realize it that one. It's just one of those things, and you know, I think probably if I went back and watched the first one again, I would like it even more than I did the first time through. Yeah. Um, so, what because, was your favorite then out of the three? Because uh, mine was before sunset. A lot of people have said before sunset, which I totally understand. I I didn't. Super love Ethan Hawke in, in the <laughs> first one. Character in the first one. Yeah, he's a uh, he's he's a little bit you know young and squirmy in the first one. You know, I didn't super understand like why she was so into this guy. I was like, I don't really like him that much, but I mean, you guys are cute, but I don't know. I felt him a lot more in uh, Before Sunset, though. <laughs> I imagine if you watched these movies when you're the age of the characters in the movie. Maybe. You're going to relate to the age that they're at the most, you know? Maybe, Because yeah. my favorite was Before Midnight. Okay, yeah. Course, yeah. <laughs> it was like the, because the married couple yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're not technically married, but they're, but they're the basically. Kids. They were. Yeah, and, yeah with kids. Yeah, so they're, they're with kids, and, and it's obviously he's, he's dealing with the fallout from leaving his first wife. Spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen the movie. I apologize for that. Um, but, but, you know, so some of these things, so he's, he's dealing with these elements. They're having a, it, it's a, it's a movie where it goes back and forth between having a fight and, and, and being, and just having the greatest weekend, you know? And, and, yes. and I get, <laughs> that, that's just like, that's just the way it is, you know, and, and after a certain <laughs> point, cause I mean, you remember, cause I remember being, you know, in before sunrise, you know, that, that feeling where you fall in love with someone, stay up all night hang out and all these sorts of things. You know, I, I remember that, that elation where you just, you're running on pure adrenaline, you're running on all that stuff. You know, I get that. And I mean, it, it's different because, you know, I didn't fly across a, an ocean, you know, between, you know, and then, then you have the, that sort of opportunity where they meet again and they have this, I guess they all, they all are pretty much real time, aren't they? Um, the the, yeah, the first much. one feels the least like that. Feels. I mean, mostly yeah. there's like little, yeah. you can tell where some time has passed, but it feels, it feels real time yeah. to me. The second one the more second so. The second one though. feels the most like it is, it is yeah. just one continuous, I mean, obviously it's not a continuous shot, but it's, it could be, uh, is, mm-hmm. is almost the way it works. It, it's, these are edited films, obviously. But um, it, <laughs> it could be. The second one could be. The other two, not so much, I don't think. But no. but yeah, I don't really know what it was about these exactly. It's just, either. again, it was just the feeling. And it's just, you're just watching two people talking and kind of having um, discussions and disagreements mm-hmm. and getting to know each other. And they're really believable. Yeah. And you just kind of like them and you want to 
see what goes on and you're you're kind of in the moment with them I think is the thing you're like you can picture like meeting someone and having that instant connection and just like really being in the moment and feeling it and kind of get a look into them and I I understand why you like before midnight because I really liked it too I I, I kind of like people arguing yeah. in movies especially when they're like really good at it and it feels really real they're actually they're so good those scenes are so good when you one. know each someone for a long time you know just how to hurt them exactly and, and yeah. that and that I, I got kind of a gross feeling even saying that but it's true you really know yeah you, I mean, I you really it. know how to how to just stab them and that is so much of get them where it hurts the most yeah you just know that's happening in before midnight and it's um yeah but at the same time you know they're they're like they're getting away to this hotel room and you know they're having this sort of intimacy and then nope <laughs> you know and all this stuff and it's it's like <laughs> yep. oh i just i just everything about that it was in some ways i mean not i mean my marriage is wonderful i mean but obviously everyone <laughs> has tough times and there were elements in that it's like wow that we hit really close to before before yeah. midnight did in some ways that were kind of painful and in other ways that were like really sweet and moving you know right. i mean just the the casual nudity <laughs> for example <laughs> you know it was, right. it was just yeah. it was just like yeah. okay this this makes a lot of sense sorry <laughs> to put that image in anyone's head but it's just like <laughs> um, things things like that in the movie i i thought were really fun and i love the the sort of relationships you know that at the table with the mm-hmm. you know in all honesty we should probably stop this conversation before we get too into it yeah because we're gonna get so we're gonna get because really deep. because michelle <laughs> yes. I propose right now that we do an, an episode <laughs> at some point where we do the... Just on the Before Trilogy? Just do the Before Trilogy. Just do all three movies. I'm into yeah, it. I yeah. I'd be into, I need to watch them Me again, too. Yeah. Me too. But, so, I, but I think we could really have a great conversation about these three movies. I think so. Maybe we should save it for that. Because, because <laughs> okay. I, honestly, as soon as I finished Before Midnight, I had started texting you to say we got to figure out what we're going to talk about. <laughs> but I had deleted it, and I don't know why. But yeah. I was like, I would have said yes. I know then. you would have. I know you would have. But hey, now we have it live on the air. Well, live. Perfect. But <laughs> now we got. We got to do it. Now we have. Now we're committed. Well, I just want to say too, just another thing of getting caught up on people again. I was also getting caught up on a lot of Richard Linklater yes. stuff. So yeah, School of Rock <sighs> obviously would have made my list. It's so hard to leave it off, but I talked about it in that previous episode. But it's going to come up yes. later. Trust. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I saw this and School of Rock and Everybody Wants Some. And I haven't seen Everybody Wants Some, though I did see. Oh, it's so it's so. You know fun. what I saw for the first time this year, though? And you're going to, your what? jaw is going to drop. I saw Dazed and Confused for the first time. <laughs> first time? I saw Dazed and Confused for the first time during during pandemic. Yeah, I know. I I I get it with Blank later because the guy he sort of gets overshadowed by other filmmakers of his generation, Tarantino, PTA. Because they are big, sprawling, epic stories. Linklaters are too, but they're intimate. They're like boyhood. Very intimate stories. Like boyhood is a is. I just like that. I need to watch that. That that movie. What they did with that movie is absolutely remarkable. And it's sort of, you know, some of the idea, some of the concepts of the Before Trilogy taken to another level. He's sort of like the ultimate hangout movie director. Kind of, yeah. And that wasn't my thing for a while. That wasn't the kind of movie I liked. But now, having seen these, having seen Boyhood, having seen Days to Confuse, 
Bones and some others. It's just like, yeah. I I think Slacker's yeah. pretty I haven't seen that one still. I mean, it's really rough around the edges. It's a first feature, it's, but, you know, you got so many of the kind of ideas that Linklater's interested in. So, And I saw Waking Life not that long ago, and, and I love Scanner Darkly. I think Scanner Darkly is fantastic. Love it. I've seen that years ago. That was yeah. sort of the one that, that started me, besides School of Rockets. School of Rockets is most accessible, you know, but, but Scanner <laughs> Darkly really kind of made me go, oh, this is pretty cool. That's interesting. So anyway, we, we got to move on. <laughs> to, we gotta uh, ca- cap that off. Link later gonna, we'll talk about this later. We both loved, yeah, we both loved the Before Trilogy. I'm going to put Before Sunset. I put Before Midnight on my list. Before Midnight, then? Before Midnight is my technical choice of those three. But really, (laughs) it's the whole trilogy. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I can't can't leave Uh -uh. any one of them off. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So we both sort of covered that same one. So does that make it my turn again or your turn again? I've, I've got two left. I have one left. Okay, you go next. so my next one, again, this was a movie I just watched for the first time this last Saturday. I was going to watch something else, I was going to watch something that I was going to write about, and then I thought, yeah, I just feel like watching something that has nothing to do with me. And so I turned on HBO Max, and I looked at my list of movies that had caught my eye, and I turned on, from 1986, a movie called Mona Lisa, directed by Neil Jordan. A woman. It's lovely. And a man. Yeah. It's lovely. Looking for something. They're so young. Things can happen out there. If you last a year and a half on that street, you're looking. I was looking. I'm going out. Looking for someone. I can't go down. But you could. You. What'd you do? Try. George, I'll find you and cut your face. Try! Right. Yeah. Won't you? You don't need anybody, do you? I do. Thank you. Bob Hoskins. Kathy Tyson. Michael Caine. Mona Lisa. Sometimes love is a strange and wicked game. <laughs> Company of Wolves, a few other things. This movie absolutely floored. It's really? I don't know this one. I hadn't heard of it, but stars Bob Hoskins as an ex-con, and I love Bob Hoskins. It was funny because so many people. I, I commented that I saw, was watching it, and, and I said I'm not familiar with this at all. Going in cold, and people say I've heard that Bob Hoskins deserved the Academy Award that year. After I watched oh. the movie, I wrote back and said, I don't know who the other nominees were, but yes, he did. He's one of those guys that you almost kind of forget about, but whenever you see him again, he's just amazing. He's so good. I love Bob Hoskins. Because I know him from, you know, some of the American films he did. You know, I know him from Who uh, Framed Roger Rabbit, and I know him from, from you know, like Mermaids, you know, you know, which is a Mermaids. cute movie. Mermaids, I mean, but exactly. It's... <laughs> It's so different from this. What he's doing here, I mean, he is mm-hmm. rugged and he is... Okay, so this movie reminded me a little bit of Taxi Driver, a little bit of Hardcore, a little bit of uh, Pretty Woman. So Bob Hoskins, ex-con, he needs money. He takes a job driving uh, a sex worker to her rich um, clients, I guess you'd say, <laughs> every night after after she's with this this guy, she asks him to take her to drive her down to King's Cross, where the uh, where the streetwalkers are. 
and, and we find out he, she's looking for this one particular woman who she made kind of a vow to that she'd always protect and all these sorts of things and watch out for. And she just lost track. And so she ends up hiring him to look for her. That's where it becomes very much like hardcore because there's this going down into sort of this seedy underworld where you know these women are mistreated and mm-hmm. just horrible situation that some of these people are in, uh, unfortunately. It's really strong, but he is intensely, he's hes clearly fallen in love with this woman, Simone, played by yeah. Kathy Tyson. And, but it, it also has these sort of like, sort of wonderfully charming elements. He's, his best friend is played by uh, Robbie Coltrane, you know, best known as playing, you know, Hagrid in, mm-hmm. in the Harry Potter movies, I suppose. Uh, and, yeah. then, <laughs> and then uh, Michael Caine is in it, in playing just an absolute yeah. evil son of a bitch. Ooh. Oh, God. It's just, it hit me so hard. I mean, he and Bob Hoskins will essentially do anything for this woman because he has clearly fallen in love with her. And, you know, he kind of wants to be, you know, her hero and her rescuer, but she doesn't need saving. She doesn't want to be saved and doesn't need it. And he has so much trouble, you know, getting that through him. He's just like, I don't want to see you mistreated by these people. It has sort of a taxi driver element, but it's a twist. And it's fantastic and really clever and smartly done. It's powerful. So good. It's on HBO Max. It's on Criterion Channel. It, It absolutely floored me. I have not been able to get it out of my head since I watched it a week ago. It's called Mona Lisa. You know, it's also sort of, it's sort of intercut with, you know, music of uh, Nat King Cole, you know, including that song, <laughs> Mona Lisa, um, and it takes on a certain oh, I already had it saved. I don't maybe know. it was mentioned on Pearson, I don't know. But I, 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 I just was <laughs> flipping through, you know, what was on HBO Max in a sort of curated hub that they had, and it was one that I went over and I just watched the trailer and was like, that looks really interesting. I found a few that way. I mean, one of my some others like Wise Blood, I found in there too, and 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 some other terrific movies. Yeah. Uh, so, but this one really got under my skin. Again, it's kind of a gut feeling. It, why exactly is I think I know why, but it's not something I'll go into uh, right now. But it just was excellent, just really fantastic. And Bob Hoskins, everyone in this is stellar. Just a great movie. Great movie. Awesome. I mean, there are things I'm sure that, like, language-wise, that have we would speak differently about I mean, in, in, 20, in 20, 2020, language you know, term, yeah. um, 2021, we're, we're not, we're using hooker and prostitute and things like that anymore. Right. So there, there are differences there, of course, but it's, but it's just a compelling story and uh, really well made. That sounds like another one that I would be totally into. You might. I mean, it, again, it's dark and it's heavy, but it's it's good. But I've already established that I love that stuff. So. Okay. Uh, one more. One more. What do you... One more. One more. I absolutely had to put this one on there. The Devils. Oh, I did not put that on my list. Oh. But... You should have, because it's fucking awesome. It was... So, yeah, The Devils, Ken Russell from 1971. This was, I think I had heard it, but I wasn't, it wasn't mm-hmm. totally on my radar to see it until it hit Shudder 
And everyone just like lost their damn minds, was like, go watch The Devils on Shudder. It's amazing. You're going to love it. And I was like, okay, fine. So (laughs) usually it would take me a long time to see something like this after being recommended because I didn't know anything about it. But I just kind of, on my day off one day, I watched it at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, let's watch The Devils. And I friggin' loved it. It, (laughs) Loved it. This is one that has been on my radar. It wasn't on mine yeah. at all, but it should have been. Yeah. The reason why is because I, I just sort of uh, became interested in, in Ken Russell. I had read an article from Harlan Ellison about, in one of his books, about, uh, he was he was reviewing Gothic, which is a weird, weird movie. Um, <laughs> but, but then he talked a lot about Ken Russell in that article, and he says, you know, think what you will about the guy. He's a visionary, okay? Yes. I'm, I've become even, I guess, kind of an apologist since reading that I've become a bit of an apologist for Ken Russell and the devils is probably his masterpiece, but I mean, crimes of passion and uh, altered states and even, even the who's Tommy is kind of, is, is fascinating in its weirdness, you know? So, uh, yeah, but the devils again, uh, I think I watched it like a day or two after you and, um, Oh man, it's, it's indescribable. I don't even know Again, where, where do you even yeah. start? It's kind of I don't even know where to start with this one. It's kind of... It's like yeah. so wild and just... I, I'm not... Like I said, like we've established, like I'm not really religious, so mm-hmm. none of this stuff like really bothered me to see that much. Cause, but I was thinking at the time of like seeing a, a nun and a priest you know, uh-huh. do all those things was probably like... Eh. Which is probably why it was like it was like cut and it has banned. been through a lot of cutting and been through the ringer yeah. pretty much. And yeah. I think the one that was on Shutter, I mean, basically the fully uncut version has only ever been seen uh-huh. once. Okay, yeah. it was only and every other time since then has never been that full uncut version. But there are just sort of different ver- degrees. That it's right. been cut, and I think the one that they showed on Shutter was actually not even the most complete one, um, because there's a certain element that happens with a femur that was not, that was just sort of... Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember people talking about that, and I was like, I didn't see that. It was suggestive, but not yeah. not as suggestive as everyone seemed to, like, <laughs> as everyone seemed to right. say. <laughs> there's probably a lot more to it. Yeah, because when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it was sort of like seeing, when I, when I saw Clockwork Orange for the first time, I was like, oh, this was an X-rated movie. And I was like, I watched it, I was like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. You know, I mean, I was, right. I was like, this is the most depraved <laughs> movie ever, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how this was for me. Like, I'm like, really? You, you messed with this one this bad? It's not even that I know, bad I know. compared to what we've had since then. But I just thought it was so so engaging and yeah. intriguing yeah. and just completely wild in some of those scenes like when all the f- nuns are like <laughs> freaking out that scene I, I loved it and there's like some super uncomfortable stuff like when the priest has um, got that big uh, thing to um, exercise oh, gosh, uh, what's her yeah. name? Sister Jean and I was like where's that gonna go? Yeah exactly That that <laughs> that's all like, very disturbing so disturbing but at the same time absolutely beautiful movie like yeah the way that it's shot it really is a masterpiece i was just yeah. like this is phenomenal oliver reed mm-hmm. is vanessa redgrave i mean yeah god again i don't know what to say they're just they kick ass all phenomenal. the way through 
And I was just, I was so into this. I was, after I watched it, I was like, I kind of want to watch that again right yeah. now. And I did, like, a couple days later. It's like, I just kind of want to watch Devils from now on because yeah. I don't know what it is. It's, but it was, it's uh, really, I mean, if you have Shudder and you haven't watched it yet, oh, you, you got to watch it before it goes away because it's probably not going to be there very long. Yeah, I was glad this was one that I watched right away. Yeah, me too. Like I said, usually it would, it would take me some time of like, because I don't know, like this time period and sometimes I don't think I'll be able to understand or relate to things that having to do with the church or anything like that. So I wasn't sure if I would even be into it, but I don't know. I'm glad I made the decision just to, to watch it right away because everyone was talking about it. Everyone was saying how much they loved it and how you, it's on Shutter now. You got to watch it. So I was like, I'll do it. And I'm so glad I did. <laughs> I, think, I mean, I'm not Catholic, so I think there are certain things that are distanced enough from me, mm-hmm. even as a, a at least somewhat religious person, that, that it was, I didn't have, you know. We're kind of in the middle of this sort of weird, stupid, satanic panic part two thing going on. Oh, and, I, and I'm yeah. just like, to me, to me, that's just embarrassing. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's so if, you, if you want to drive people away, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, that's that's the way it works. Because, you know what, okay, yeah. except when I was very young, my parents never really forbade me from, like, watching or listening to certain musics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because because they knew that if they made a big deal out of it, it would just make it worse. Right. It would become the forbidden fruit. So I never had these experiences that I hear. Some people I know who were, who were raised in, like, really fundamentalist situations, you know, like, uh-huh. and, you know, forced to burn their books and movies and music. And it's like, God. come on, people. This really? is not helping your cause, yeah. you know? I bristle it sort of stuff and i never experienced it personally and maybe that's one of the reasons why i'm not you know adverse to at least the kinds of churches that i've been involved with because they're they're not like that (laughs) at all i mean they're they're intellectual they're about thinking about and struggling with things and uh and there there's room for having doubts and there's room for having questions Mm -hmm. and to me that's not a negative thing Thing. Whereas, you know, you hear some of these situations, it's like that is just abusive. Yeah. And so seeing seeing that kind of, and it, bringing it back to the devils, I mean, you can see that sort of repression, you know, this yes. heavy repression. Um, yes. <laughs> that's that's forced. And, you know, having the government be part of it, too. It, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah. And again, Ken Russell has this way of making perversity, for lack of a better term, really beautiful. Really beautiful, yeah. Yeah, like Crimes of Passion. It's a gorgeous movie. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it. Oh, man. No. I don't think I've seen any other Ken Russell films. So Ken Russell is one of a kind. Um, put it, <laughs> I've heard put that, it that yes. way. Um, <laughs> and I love Altered States. I think Altered States is really cool. Okay. I, I rewatched that one. Uh, I had technically seen it a long, 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 long time ago, so I didn't put it on this list, but it would have been on this list if I hadn't technically seen it. Ah. Okay, so we would have had a Ken Russell. Uh, another Ken Russell. But, uh, ah. Okay. That would have been awesome. So my number one is a repeat from my last list. It was number one on that list, too. It is from 1998. The, oh, okay. Yeah. I got you now. Yeah. <laughs> Don McKellar's Last Night. Um, yep. which is no movie 
Okay, I never, or I, should, I, I don't want to say never, hardly ever watch a movie one day to the next, like watch it twice, one day to the next. Though we are coming up on a forever favorite that I did do that, uh, three times. <laughs> but um, this movie, I watched it and absolutely devastated me in the best way. Everything about it was like, this is my kind of thing. <laughs> it has sort of the end of the world thing, that sort of the Altman-esque thing with, you know, the intertwining lives, and that sort of thing going on. And this cast, I mean, Don McKellar, the director of the film, you know, is the lead in it, essentially. Then you have Sandra Oh, um, you have Sarah Polly. Uh, I'm kind of hitting the names that are best known, probably. David Cronenberg. <laughs> is in it um as, nice. has a great role in it unfortunately it is again no blu-ray in the states but it's a canadian film i have only seen it on sort of a, an sd transfer that was on amazon and it was whatever <laughs> you know uh, i watched it a second time the next day and i loved it even more this was uh, along with mona lisa oh lucky man before midnight a five-star first time watch movie and awesome. that so rarely happens for me because i watched a lot of movies in 2020, way more than i ever had before and of those i got lucky with a lot of them <laughs> i gotta say i had a big 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 list of movies that i could have put on this um, just just as easily that's why these are 10 movies because they really are because they're, yeah, I'm looking at my honorable mentions that we're going to touch on. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this this could have been another list of 10, and it, I would have been happy with, with these 10 movies, too. Yeah. I have 19 honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go through them really fast, I promise. Uh, um, just mention the titles. I will. I will. So, um, so I don't know what else to say about last night, except we are going to talk about it more in depth later. Yes, we are. So, you got to see it. That's all there is to it. I mean, it, it's all right. powerful and amazing and wonderful. So honestly, I, I can't wait for you to see it. Well, you were talking about like where to see it too. I do have it. Netflix DVD has it. Oh, so. great. If anybody great. still has their plan. Yeah. Check them too. I, I rented it off Amazon. I am going to see if I can find a uh, at least a DVD of it so that I can own this movie because it's just that good. You know, yeah. even if even if I have to pay a little extra for it, I will, because I, I love it that much. I love it when you find one like that. Yeah. and uh, When it's like, you just have to have it. Maybe even if you don't watch it again anytime soon, you just... You get a comfort feeling by having it around, I think. Yeah. It's I do. Yeah. So just rattle off a few. Um, did you want to go? Yeah. Or should I go? Or I Well, okay. I have my honorable mentions for what didn't quite make the list. I kind of split them up into uh, newer movies and older movies because mm-hmm. I was actually really good this last year. Um, it usually takes me a long time or at least a couple. I'm always a couple years behind on new releases. Me too. At least. Me too. Like the, the ones everyone's talking about right now is like, yeah, I'll probably see that in about three years. But I've been doing pretty good, good yeah. at seeing newer stuff. So just some of the kind of newer ones, at least from the last five years. I can't remember all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vast of Nights. Which I still Super haven't good. seen yet. I've Super good. You would love it. started it a couple of times, but I wasn't able to finish it. And I can't remember why. I don't know how. I was completely sucked in. And I couldn't stop watching it. It wasn't because I didn't like it. I think it was like time of that I was watching. It was like 
late or something like that, and I had to keep the volume down and all these sorts of things, and it ah, became hard to gotcha. really... You gotta finish it. That one's high on my list. Um, another one is Overlord, which is so much fun. Yeah. Absolutely love that. And I think I watched it at the perfect time, too, because I remember tweeting something about, oh, it's really nice to see a bunch of bad shit happen to Nazis right now. Right. <laughs> So that was just super sad. Not at all what I was expecting from that. I remember people saying like, no, this is actually like super hardcore and you'd you'd be really into it. I was blown away. I fucking loved every second of that. Another one. I can't remember what year this was from. um, Her Smell. Oh, yeah. Did you see that with Elizabeth Moss? You mentioned it to me and I have not seen it yet. Uh, You got it. Yeah. She is fantastic in that movie. And it's just, it's such a unique story and the way they tell it uh again i think you'd really be into it yeah because we kind of have similar tastes i always think you'll be into everything yeah well i happen to have two elizabeth moss movies in my uh i call them discards but they're not they're honorable mentions Um, honorable mentions honorable mentions we're we're not we're not we're not we're not we're not playing a screen draft yeah um the next one uh promising young woman Big deal for me there. Um, And then the last one is a little bit older, but this is the one I I took off and replaced with Murder by Death, uh, The Handmaiden. Oh, yeah. This was another um, movie that was like instant five stars for me. I uh, Have you seen that? No. Oh, dude. (laughs) It's long and it's really involved, but like once, I can't really, it's another one you can't really describe. You just got to watch it and experience it for yourself. Once you kind of figure out what's really happening in the movie, you're just, you're into it. Cool. It's so good. It's so good. Cool. It was one of those movies. I remember saying after I watched this, it was like, I, I feel kind of bad for all the other movies that I'm going to watch after The Handmaiden because they're not going to be as awesome oh, yeah. as The Handmaiden. <laughs> I get that. I get that. I'll, I'll definitely have to check yeah. that out. Okay, do you mind if I hit my my recents? Then, then so like the yeah, ones in the past five years or so. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Synchronic, the latest from uh, Benson and Moorhead, absolutely adored it. I talked a little bit about it in a recommend already. Sound of Metal was yeah. Oh, I gotta watch that. I love this movie. It was you know because you know it's the music world. It's it, I have I mean I don't have major hearing loss, but I do have hearing loss, and so. Some of those things sort of are things I have fears about and about losing my hearing and, and things like that. So so it was interesting to, to see that. Uh, and it's, it's so good. It's so powerful. And just the sound design. Oh, my gosh. There's nothing like the sound design in that movie. It absolutely breathtaking and incredible. Next one I wasn't going to mention because it's just like it's a little bit too scary <laughs> in a way. It's called Totally Under Control. It's a documentary about the United States and its handling of the COVID pandemic. Um, it, oh. it begins on January 20th, 2020, and ends with Donald Trump being diagnosed with COVID-19. So it's really current. I mean, it really went all the way up there. Um, Interesting. So, and it came out just before the election. Uh, I don't think a lot of people saw it, but I mean... Honestly, I wonder if more people had, if it would have been an even bigger landslide. No, wait, I did see this. I remember watching this did you? one night. Oh my gosh. I think so. It just was like, you know, ugh, it, it was hard to watch. Then my Elizabeth Moss movies, Shirley, which I thought was yep. amazing. And yep. The Invisible Man, of course. Yeah. And I really liked... Uh, Invisible Man, I think more people have seen, um, so... 
I, I don't know if I need to go much into that one, but Shirley I thought was fantastic. I Also coming up later on. In Invisible Man, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. But I think, you know, this movie it's so it's a, it's such a weird movie and their her relationship with her husband and all this stuff is so dark and it's like it's we talked mm-hmm. about, you know, they know exactly how to hurt each other. It's it's like yeah. that, just take it to the nth degree, <laughs> you know. Um, but then, of course, you have you know the the young couple who are kind of sucked into this web and corrupted and stuff. It's kind of a crazy movie in some ways. In that, it's dark. Yeah. It's uh, I know you saw this too. Uh, as I yeah, recall. I really liked it too. I mostly just wanted to watch it for Elizabeth Moss, <laughs> really. Oh, I know, I know. But, um, I was into it, and I know some people didn't really... It seems like most people didn't really like the part with the young couple. Yeah. They kind of wished it was more centered on Shirley and her husband, maybe. But, yeah. I don't know, I think they bring something really interesting to the story. I think they do. To her. I think they do, too, because, you know, it's it's all about them, this older couple, just wanting to suck out all the joy out of someone else. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just like they're vampires, in a way. I reviewed it for Gasly Grinning, of all places, even though it's not really a horror movie, but it has some of those kinds of... Well, Shirley Jackson. Yeah. She's a horror icon. <laughs> yeah, for one, I mean, she's a horror icon because of The Haunting of Hill House, I mean, but and The Lottery, to some extent, but even that the lottery. one, The Lottery is kind of like horror adjacent, um, and this movie is kind of horror adjacent to me, but I really, really liked it. I thought it was just incredible. Speaking of sure. horror real horror, a movie that just slipped under the radar, no one seemed to see, is called Hosts. It's now on Shudder. That's Hosts with an S on the end. Not to be confused with Host, which is great, too. I really liked Host. Yeah. I love That one was good. But Hosts, um, it's sort of a twist on home invasion and possession movies, and maybe, I don't know, possibly Alien Invasion. I have no idea. Don't know for sure. But it is brutal movie. It is, it's a Christmas horror movie, kind of, but it has one of, I mean, until I saw Kill List, it was the most shocking use of a hammer I've ever seen in a movie. It's really good, and I hope more people see it. And it became sort of a minor hit in the UK when it it hit VOD there. So hopefully that's going to just help it get a little bit of traction. Maybe it's not as good as The Invisible Man. Maybe it's not as good as some of those, as Underwater. But it's the one that, more people need to see, so I'm going to put it at the top of my list so people okay, see it. Gotcha. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but it's in your honorable It's in my honorable mentions. mentions but but I mean, list. it's... You didn't put it, it on your list. I, I know. I didn't even put it on my big list. But then, uh, what else from, <laughs> from recently? I already mentioned Knives Out and... Oh, uh, the, the Peanut Butter Falcon, which is a neat little... Even though it's got shy the bottom of it. <laughs> All right, so then my honorable mentions from kind of older movies. Um, big Ellert Kane favorite. I watched this one just for him. Race with the Devil. Race with the Devil. And I want to see that so much. Again, cults. You said you love cults. I love cult movies. And stuff I like love this. cults, yeah. It's, it's cults. It's a road movie. It's Warren Oates. It's like super, super fun. You'd be so into this. I'm sure I would be. Uh, another one. Um, I really wanted to put this one on the list, but it, again, it was like the, one of those ones that's kind of big and well-known. Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. It's on mine, too. Absolutely freaking adored this movie. I'm yeah. glad I just, I straight bought it. I bought The Twilight Time. Me, too. Because I, I had a feeling I was going to love it, you know? Because with Elliot Gould, how could you not? Yeah. <laughs> Just for Elliot Gould in the 70s, too. 
I mean, Roy Schreider and Elliot Gould. <laughs> right, right. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely loved that one. Uh, the Witches. <laughs> oh. The um, the kid movie. Yeah. The Angelica. Angelica Houston. Houston. We watched it, too. And we watched it around Halloween for our family movie night. Yeah. This was one that I had never seen. Everyone was like, they had grown up with this as, as a kid, and they loved it. And I had just now seeing it at 35. I remember when it was over, I was like, I am so mad that I didn't get to grow up with this movie, because I would have freaking loved this as a kid. <laughs> Yeah. I would have been all over this movie. I don't know how I ever missed it, but I just got the um, Warner Archive of this too. So now I have it in my life. Yeah, it's a cool movie. It's so cool. Um, and then another one is Ace in the Hole. Oh, yeah. Billy oh, Wilder. That's such a good movie. So good. I, apparently I'm on a Billy Wilder kick now. I bought the fortune cookie in the last Twilight Time sale. And uh, that's a good I one. I don't know that one. That's a good one. Yeah, okay. you're, 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 I think you'll like that one. And the last one I had was uh, Fire in the Sky. Oh, man. Oh, I saw that. I, <laughs> I saw that when it first came out on video. I didn't see it in the theater, but boy, that was the thing when I was a kid. Really? Oh, man. I was in high school when that came out. People yeah. were freaking out about that movie. Yeah, I that's what a lot of people said. Yeah. And then I watched it and I was like... It's not scary. Why? Why? <laughs> I didn't see anything that would really freak me out. Yeah. Like, even the part on the alien ship or whatever, but... Uh, I just loved that the the characters, yeah, the relationships yeah. again. Just one of those kind of movies. I've never been particularly a really, really afraid of being abducted by aliens. <laughs> no, I haven't either. So I, I know some people are genuinely terrified of that, and you know, <laughs> hey, we got why well, all have our thing. You know, for me, it's spiders. <laughs> spider, sure. some spider yeah. is gonna bite me on my toe and kill me in my sleep. You know, well, actually, that wouldn't be that bad. Just you just die. <laughs> just die in your sleep. Yeah. So maybe so maybe that's maybe more like arachnophobia, where you know it comes out of a shower, <laughs> something like that would be much worse. Kingdom yeah. of the Spider. Anyway. So, it, <laughs> so maybe that's what freaked some people out about this movie, because yeah. I, I heard that a lot when I said I was watching this, and then I watched it and I was like, I'm not yeah. freaked out at all. <laughs> it didn't really affect me in that way, but yeah. I did love that all the actors and, and the characters. Definitely. Really cool, heartfelt kind of movie in a strange way, mm -hmm. even though it's about alien abduction. It kind of goes more into the character stuff, too. So, yeah. That was, was kind of it for me. Great. Um, so, some of my older movies that are on here. I've already mentioned uh, previously The Gleaners and I, uh, Agus Varda, just really moved me. Pretty Poison, which is just really great. This is the one that I almost switched. I almost switched out Swiss Army Man for the Pretty Poison. But I figured a lot of people talk about Pretty Poison, um, and hey, maybe we will get around to it at some point. Nightcrawler, I'm not going to say too much about it for reasons. Um, reasons? But Nightcrawler was incredible. Okay, the oldest movie on my list, from 1898, directed by Damn. George Melies, The Damnation of Faust. It's, it's short, it's on YouTube, and I liked it even more, maybe, than Trip to the Moon. Which is his most famous one, you know, the the moon face and the moon the program. thing in the yeah. eye and all that stuff. You'd recognize it if you don't know what I'm talking about. It, but I like Damnation of Faust like even more. And he always played the devil in his movies and stuff. It was anyway. It's really interesting. Um, <laughs> oh, another cool documentary. D. A. Pennebaker's original cast album of Company. It's about an hour long. I love Sondheim and I love that show, Company. So, so hearing how they went about recording one of these albums is is arduous and difficult, and they're exhausted by the end of this of this thing, and it's it's really something. 
Bunny Lake is Missing, Otto Preminger's film. Uh, amazing. Yeah. So good. See it, see it, see it. A couple of Elliot Gould actions here. Uh, Bob Carroll <laughs> and Ted Nallis, uh, of course, which we already talked about. And California Split, uh, which also we yeah. talked about a little bit too. Lady Snowblood. Yes. <laughs> amazing. So good. Uh, Door of those. Uh, pa- did you watch both of them? I didn't watch the second one yet. I, re- I wasn't able to watch ah. the second one. Uh, but the first one was amazing. Paper Moon, which I just love deeply. <laughs> this one's sort of funny. The Invisible Man's Revenge <laughs> from 1944. It's probably like, you know, a three-star movie, but there's something about it that's like, wow, this is like the best <laughs> vampire movie of the 40s. <laughs> um, and it's the Invisible and Man. And it's the Invisible revenge. Man. And it's just crazy. It's great. I, I really enjoyed it. I it's one I'm going to watch again just to see if I really, if it's really as good as I remember it. And then the last one I want to mention is one that I'm not going to talk about because we're going to talk about it next week or next time. The Hitchhiker yeah. from Ida Lupino. But we've already announced that. So <laughs> you, you will have heard that. <laughs> you will have heard that announcement in our last episode. So anyway, yep. those are... Yeah. Man, that's a big list. So, uh, yeah, let's just run down our, our top ten, mm-hmm. just the titles again, just for refreshing if anybody wants to check out some of these movies. Uh, for me, it was Witness for the Prosecution from 1957, Josie and the Pussycats, 2001 uh, from 2020, Underwater, uh, 1964, The Naked Kiss, uh, Fearless, 1993, The Devils, 1971, uh, The Before Trilogy, 94, 2004, 2013, right. <laughs> respectively. Murder by Death from 1976. Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean from 1982. And from 1981, Road Games. Okay. My... That's how it was in my list. I went a little out of order when we talked about it. That's how it was in my Perfect. I'll actually do my list. I'll do mine 10 to 1. Okay. So I did uh, Medium Cool from 1969. Swiss Army Man from 2016. Obsession. 1976, Scarlet Street, uh, 1945, The Seven Ups, 1973, Local Hero, 1983, O Lucky Man, 1973, Before Midnight, 2013. Okay, Okay, the whole trilogy, though. You know it's the whole trilogy. Uh, Mona Lisa from 1986, and Last Night from 1998. All right. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, so we might um, throw one of these lists together again, um, probably closer to the end of the year. um, At the end of the year? Or like the very beginning of of 2022. (laughs) Now, since we've included stuff that we saw this year, (laughs) it would be like, as we did one at the end of the year, it would be like from March (laughs) to December. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, I hope you enjoyed this uh, bonus episode of ours. Something different from us, and we can give our quick sign-offs if you want to again. Though you're probably tired of hearing <laughs> us. You know where to find us on Twitter, right? Okay, so uh, you can find me at Brian D. Kuiper. And I am at Michelle N. Agan. And we've got the show is at Movie Life Pod. And then, hey, you can drop a rate and review, and we really appreciate those anytime we can get them. Yes. All right. We've already announced on the last regular episode what uh, the next one is going to be, but just one more time, we're doing our mom's birthier movies, uh, which is going to be from you. It's The Hitchhiker from 1953. And then uh, Some Like It Hot from 1959. And that's 
that was a super fun conversation. I think you guys are gonna love it. Yeah, I love talking about those two movies. Yeah, it was, but it, uh, was, a, it was a lot of fun to discuss that. It's always fun. I enjoy when we can go back in time a little bit more. It's easy to sort of fall into a certain periods of time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to go to to sort of make ourselves go back and look at some of those movies that we love because we both are are classic film fans and aficionados, I suppose. So. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm not an aficionado not, at all. I'm a fan, but yeah, maybe maybe I've got a lot to catch up. Maybe on. aficionado is the wrong term, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we both love really all periods of film, so it's yeah. fun to go in the Wayback Machine from time to time, too. But uh, yeah, that's what you can expect next time, but that's going to do it for us right now. So thank you, everybody, so much for listening, and... We'll see you next time. <laughs> yeah, you did it. Good job. <laughs> all right.